This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bring down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Arfield, 1-0 Burnley, Scott Arfield, he's been threatening that recently, and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal, what a goal from Robbie Blake, Burnley's first goal in the Premier League, it's something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery into the path of McCann and the ball finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clarendon Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Keane! 
Oh, that's That is justice at the Amex Stadium. Barely a level and deserved to be. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this weekend's clash against, um, I'm going to say resurgent Norwich City, but um, it's only two games just yet. It might turn into resurgence if they if they can beat us, um, but a very different Norwich City, of course, we've already played them once this season. Um, won by uh, just a one goal, penalty from Jay Rodriguez, if my memory serves me right. Probably should have checked that before, but I'm pretty sure it's right. Um but the Norwich, they're a different side these days, obviously a different manager. Um, and they are looking like a bit of a force at the minute in their last two games. Um, they've scored eight goals. Um, but we'll get on to Norwich in a minute, obviously. And we have a Norwich fan waiting in the wings, just like we usually do on the uh, pre-game show. Because it's uh, it just makes more sense uh, for a Norwich fan to talk about Norwich uh, than me. But of course, um, let's just chat about the FA Cup. Um, obviously... I was going to say through to the next round. It kind of feels like we're through because obviously we avoided defeat down at Ipswich um, on Saturday. A little bit disappointed um, in the first half performance, but I feel like I've been saying that quite a lot this season. Um, we need to remember they are a lower league side, but I was quite impressed by them. And I know as a Norwich fan listening to this, so I won't, I won't praise them too much, um, but I was quite impressed by Ipswich um, on Saturday. I felt that um, from some of the games we've seen from some championship sides this season, if they do go up, I think they'll be all right next season. Put it this way, they gave us more of a test um, than a lot of championship sides had so far this season. Um, but of course, it's looking like we could potentially uh, be in the quarterfinals. Um, now, of course, I didn't bother doing a pre-game show for the Ipswich game and I won't bother doing one for the replay either because it's just the FA Cup. I probably won't bother doing it for the Chef Wednesday slash Fleetwood game if we get past Ipswich. But if we get past that, it's the quarterfinals. Um, so I might change my tune a little bit there and start doing some pre-game stuff uh, for them because that's when it gets big. Um, the only time I remember being in the quarterfinals in my lifetime is when we played Watford. And of course, they beat us 2-0, was it, at Vicarage Road? I just remember someone scoring a really great free kick and just being absolutely gutted because um, I was like, oh my God, we're in a round with the word final in it. I think I was about 13, 14. Uh, that just shows how, how poor we've done in that competition since. But also what happened on Saturday is Burnley's lead at the top of the championship was cut. Absolutely disgrace. Uh, it was 18 points and it's now 17 points. A measly 17 points gap to third. Thanks for Nick Middlesbrough beating Watford. Um, so I, I think I think 17's all right though, don't you? Um, but yeah, I think we've given ourselves a bit of breathing space because as we said, just before the West Brom game, we're playing a, a, a team that looks in form. All right, we ended up doing quite well against West Brom and, and beating them. Uh, not, not comfortably, but uh, we were the better side against West Brom and, and deserved the win. Um, so West Brom were resurgent at that time. Norwich have, have, uh, have turned a corner recently as well. So um, I'm sure the Norwich fans might feel a little bit confident about this, just as the West Brom fan did. And that gives me the perfect time to bring in Adam, a Norwich City fan. How are you doing, mate? I'm oh, very well, thank you. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. So obviously just touching on them from what I've just said, let's get some of your results up recently. Of course, David Wagner came in um, on the 7th of January, I think it was. Um, just the day before you played um, the Horse Fiddlers in the FA Cup, who managed to get a, a narrow 1-0 win against you. But we'll gloss over that because it's the FA Cup. And obviously, Wagner had been in there for one day. So I'm not even sure if he was on the sidelines or anything. Um, but since then, you've played two games in the league, both away from home, and scored eight goals at Deepdale 
and the CBS Arena against Preston and Coventry, respectively. Two grounds where Burnley scored a grand total of one goal this season. So, um, eight goals at them two grounds is quite impressive. So, other than the manager, Adam, what's actually changed at Norwich? Yeah, I think the confidence amongst the squad, that they look like a team under Dean Smith that was probably heading more towards mid-table. Uh, he didn't seem to be getting the best out of players that arguably, on paper, should be doing a lot better in this league. Um it just felt like he didn't really have a system that, that really suited them in terms of... no. I couldn't tell you what Dean Smith philosophy or, or side really looked like even now, and he was in charge for, for 18 months, which uh, that's pretty concerning, where Wagner's came in and, and straight away he said, look, we're going to play 4-2-3-1. This is how we're going to play. We're going to Gagan press, uh, which is something that Klopp's implemented very well at, at Liverpool, and him and Wagner have got a very good relationship. Uh, I think Wagner was... Uh, i get this right. I think he was the best man at Klopp's wedding. So those two are, are very sort of very close in terms of their relationship and and that's sort of the style we've seen and, and suddenly a, a Norwich team that really didn't look like they had any sort of attacking impetus at all are suddenly starting to score goals and it's much more entertaining to watch and I think the fan unity as well the fans were, were turning against Smith and it was getting quite ugly at Carrow games and yeah it, it was really sort of getting turgid where now it just feels like this is like a fresh slate and the fans are on board and, and yeah it's definitely it's definitely turning for the best. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at your season and thinking, wow, that's underwhelming. Um, a, a lot of the a lot of the predictions pre-season um, was Burnley will, will, will continue to fall. That obviously uh, turned out to be incorrect. But a, a lot of the stuff was predicting that Watford and Norwich should do quite well. Um, have you been disappointed with the season so far? I mean, that's a bit of a silly question. I, th- I think I think it's obvious that you that you have uh, you wouldn't have expected to be sacking Dean Smith. But uh, it's been an underwhelming season so far, hasn't it? Apart from these last two games. Yeah, I think particularly when you look at the last two times we've been in this league, we've, we're almost done what you guys are currently doing, where we've just come into the league and, and absolutely dominated it. We've, we've had key players at different points. Wendia was, was probably a bit of a cheat code in the way yeah. he's so good in the championship. Um, he just, just tore teams apart. And, and even if Norwich were, were nil-nil at any point in the game, you just know one bit of magic and, and he's going to unlock any defence and, and probably feed Pookie and will score. Where this season, it's not really been like that. Um, we've got very good players in, in good positions, but, but Dean Smith, arguably didn't really sort of have the squad that he wanted. He wanted athletic midfielders. Um, he brought in Isaac Hayden, who has unfortunately been injured for most of the season. Um, he also brought in Gabriel Sarra, who's a Brazilian midfielder for, for big money. And it, it's only really been now that he's started to sort of look like the best player that we all want, thought well, thought that he could be um, under Wagner. He's really sort of starting to thrive. And Marcelino Nunes as well is another sort of big money signing we brought in. And he hasn't really cut the cloth either. So it's been, it's been probably sort of, well, elements in terms of the signings they brought in and just players like Pookie being two years older and maybe not looking mm. quite like the same championship Pookie that we all we all know and love. Um, but certainly more recently in terms of since Wagner's come in, Pookie looks like he's back to his best. Kieran Dowell is another player who looked like he was probably heading out of the club and suddenly he's become a key man for, for Wagner. So it's, um, it's much more exciting now. It feels like we probably have a little bit more life in our season where it was going... Definitely the other way. It was going to be a mid-table and probably look towards next season where, where now it feels like there's a renewed hope that, that we can probably push for the playoffs. And we all know that Wagner's obviously got Huddersfield up previously through the playoffs. So yeah. that's something to cling on to as well. So, yeah, certainly in terms of the mood amongst the fans at the moment, it, it's, it's much higher than, than what it was. 
Is that your expectation for the season now? Then maybe just creep into the playoffs and try and win that lottery there? Because if you look at ourselves and, and Sheffield United, for example, like I said, we're 17 points clear. I know we're five ahead of Sheffield United. So just by simple maths, that will mean they're 12 points clear of Middlesbrough. Um, and then obviously there's a bit of a gap down to you guys as well. So you're thinking obviously the top two are probably too far ahead of pretty much anybody, never mind yourselves to be caught. So are you just expecting to hopefully you know, carry on this resurgence, carry on this confidence and then get into the play? Not sneak into the playoffs, because let's be fair, you're one point away at the minute so it's, it's more than plausible that that could happen but get into the playoffs and then have the confidence to go on and go on and win them yeah I think there's probably an inner frustration amongst our fans that, that maybe Dean Smith wasn't let go of earlier in the season there was a, a really horrible defeat against Middlesbrough just before the World Cup break and that felt like maybe that was the moment to, to pull the trigger get rid of him and, and a sort of mm. fresh slate because at that point the top two were, were probably only seven or eight points ahead uh, we sort of looked like we were in a position where we could easily Still go for those. Uh, then there was another defeat just before Christmas against Blackburn, and and that really felt like sort of the final nail in the coffin for Dean Smith. And obviously they got rid of him um, shortly after, in terms of after the Luton game on, on Boxing Day. And a lot of Norwich fans feel that if they'd have done that earlier, maybe we could have been in a position where we probably could have targeted the top two still going into the second half of the season. Where now, unfortunately for Wagner, that looks like a, a really big task to be able to you know even get close to being able to, to catch you guys or or Sheffield United that looks like you know a hill that's, that's too far away so um yeah I think playoffs is now the aim but ultimately Wagner's came in with Norwich at that point we're 11th in the league so there's not really any pressure on him if he can get us into the playoffs and, and we go up then that's a, a really massive achievement for him but it won't be deemed a failure if he does get us in the playoffs or doesn't even get us in the playoffs and then we don't go up because it feels like then the attention probably turns to, to next season. We're still going to be probably one of the, the big fish in, in sort of the championship pond where you feel like next season he's got a full year or six months then of, of working with the players. He's then going to have a full season to, to really kick on. So, yeah, it feels like probably the next six months is almost a bit of a free hit. Um, there's, there's an inner hope that we can do it because it's been done many a time before. It's sort of that team that hits sort of a bit of form just before just before the playoffs starts that tends to be the team that go up. And if we can do that, then, then yeah, that bodes quite well. But yeah, I think there's no disappointment if we don't end up in the Premier League uh, next season. Yeah, it's an interesting point there about uh, you mentioned there about sacking him too late because on the last day of the the the, the championship season before the World Cup break, we obviously beat Blackburn Rovers three nil, um, and then we went top. And I think if Blackburn had won that, they'd have gone top. So that just shows how close it was at that point. And then since then, we've just won and won and won and won pretty much every game. In fact, I think we have won every game in the league since then, whereas other teams have faltered. So it's an interesting point you made there. Um, you talked about some of your players earlier, mentioning Puke. Um, obviously, Puke is a standout player. Um, but as you mentioned, he is two years older since, since the last time in, the, in this league. I still think he's probably the best finisher in this league, if I'm honest with you. Um, but um, who are the players that we should be looking out for then? Uh, obviously, Puke is one that, that everyone knows pretty much all over the country. But who, who else is there should be looking out that your danger men. Uh, I think Ono Hernandez is a, a man who seems like he's really grasped the nettle under under Wagner, a very exciting winger that has maybe been criticised for his his lack of product in the final third. That's really been a problem of his ever since he's arrived at Carrow uh, almost five years ago now. But it really feels that like under Wagner he scored against Coventry in the most recent game and he looks like a player who who can probably thrive in that system. He, we saw the best of him under Farker, I'd say, in the championship and. It felt mm. like maybe he was a player under Smith that was probably underutilised and, and maybe didn't really get the system and didn't really sort of get the position, sort of the, the half spaces sort of behind Pookie where he could really do what he wants to do. Um, and he looks like a man who your fullbacks will probably struggle with in terms of just natural pace and good little bit of skill about him. And if he can sort of find that that final ball, then he's definitely a player to watch out for. Uh, we just signed a lad on loan from Arsenal, a Brazilian lad called Marquinhos, um, 
they brought him in from Sao Paulo Arsenal for, for fairly decent money and he looks like an exciting player. I think he'll probably be someone who will be on the bench or, or maybe potentially even someone who comes straight into the, the starting eleven on, on Saturday. So excited to see what he can do. But I'd probably say that the key man at the moment is Gabriel Sara. Um, he sits in the sort of single pivot yeah. position. Uh, we signed him for big money and we, we maybe struggled to see the best out of him, but he's really good at making late runs into the box. Um, deadly in terms of finishing for a midfielder as well. And definitely got that little bit of energy about him, that sort of bit of dynamism. And, and yeah, he can really, really sort of turn a game when, when Norwich is struggling, he'll pick up the ball and you kind of see those those wingers or sort of the attacking fields really push on and he can create something out of nothing. So I'd say Sarah's probably the man that you really want to sort of stop. If you can stop Sarah, I think you can probably stop Norwich's attacking, attacking threats. And unfortunately for Preston and Coventry, that they failed to do that in recent games and that's why they've been punished. Yeah, definitely. Like we've already mentioned that you scored eight goals in them two games. Obviously, different sort of tests now. League leaders coming up. I know disrespect to Preston and Coventry. I think they're both in the top half and, and have playoff aspirations themselves. Um, but I think we've got the second or third best defence uh, in the record. So it's probably going to be a little bit tighter, but I'm still expecting goals. Um, but we'll get on to predictions and stuff in a minute. I just want to talk about your style now, because obviously you said you said under Smith, you didn't really see what the style was. You didn't really see what the ethos was. Um, but you mentioned the 4-2-3-1 on the Wagner. You mentioned the Gergen pressing. Is that sort of like what the style's based around then? The Gergen pressing, obviously just trying to win the ball back as high up the pitch as possible and, and then attack, attacking numbers in, in pace? Or, or is it a little bit more patient than that? Yeah, I think we're starting to see it implemented. Uh, the Blackburn FA Cup game you, you referenced, uh, we kind of, that was just too quick for him to really be able to sort of get on mm. the training pitch and, and probably get his values and messages across. But we certainly, I think the Coventry game particularly, we really started to see the best of that. Norwich were... We're very good against the Coventry side. Also, like to press high, but Norwich's intensity and, and sort of their fitness ability just seems like it's gone through through the roof under Wagner already. Um, he's implemented double training sessions, which is something that the Farka done as well. Where Dean Smith, I think, there's been a, a few people on social media that feel maybe that he didn't really train the players hard enough, and, and ultimately their fitness in games, particularly sort of in the latter stages, uh, we we conceded so many goals late on. Uh, obviously, one against you guys, albeit it was a penalty, but. There's been other games, uh, I think Middlesbrough, we conceded a, a 90th minute goal. There's been quite a few this season and, and that's probably been the biggest criticism where I feel like Wagner already, you can see the players' metrics in terms of running stats is is much higher. Um, the intensity, as I've already referenced, is much higher. They, they press sort of as a unit rather than individually um, and they also look dangerous from corners, which is something that's also been a bit of a, an issue over the course of the season. We're very good at defending corners. I think we've actually got the, mm. the best defensive record in terms of set pieces conceded uh, but we certainly struggled to score from them but that seems to be a another thing that Wagner under his um, coach as well he got a set piece coach Alan Russell who's really sort of implemented a, a lot of stuff with set pieces in recent games so yeah certainly in terms of a, a structure it looks like we now have got a team that, that can actually you can say well that's what Norwich City play like that's the team that you know Wagner that's what Wagner's team's going to look like and that's quite quite nice to have because that's kind of what Farker had and, and that's what fans take to at Norwich we don't really not we don't care, but we don't. We can get away with our team not winning as long as we can see what the team are trying to do. There's an intensity about them, and you know they're sort of putting in 100 percent for the shirt, and that's probably something that under Dean Smith we, we didn't see at all. Yeah, it's interesting that the point you make about corners there, because I do feel like we're a little bit weak at corners sometimes. Um, if you look to our biggest defeat of the season, five two at Bramall Lane, it was a lot of crosses and a lot of corners that undid us. Uh, conceded a corner against West Brom last time out. 
could have been two, but I think it, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that it was a foul on Munich, which was given, but it could have easily been let go um, in, with a different referee. Um, I always like to get opposition fans and journalists' uh, opinion on Burnley this season, because of course it, it's gone very well, let's be honest. There's no beating around the bush, it's gone very well. 17 points clear to third, it's looking like an instant return to the Premier League, but it wasn't always plain sailing. There was a lot of stuff in the summer being written about Burnley, saying, oh, they're in danger here of, of doing a Sunderland, as people like to call it these days, which I think is a little bit disrespectful to Sunderland, but um, you know, uh, people at TalkSport and even in the mail and, and stuff like that were predicting, like I said, that Burnley were just going to go straight through the leagues, potentially be in financial trouble. Uh, we lost, I think it was like 14 senior players in the summer, had to bring in 16, brought in a new manager, completely changed the style of play. It should have taken longer than this to click, really. And to be fair, the first 10 games weren't amazing. We're still there or thereabouts, but we're conceding a lot of late goals, as you said, you sort of did. We did that against Stoke is one that that's, uh, springs to mind. Um, a lot of draws earlier in the season. But since sort of like the turn of, of, of after the World Cup and probably a, a few games before that, we've you've, we've really seen how, how good Burnley can be. And of course, we've added to our um, squad in January with the likes of Femi and Lyle Foster. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Berlin and how they've done this season and how they've changed everything around so, so quickly and, it's, and, and how, how well it's worked? Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed. I mean, I actually remember doing the, the preview show for our, our channel just before um, the game previously and I remember sort of looking at your form at that point and you seem to be having a lot of 1-1 draws against sort of teams yeah. that you thought, yeah, that's the sort of side you probably should be beating. Um, and I actually felt at that point that Norwich were probably in a better position to really kick on and sort of go up the league. So I remember that game, you, you beat us, you then went top of the league and it seems like you, you've not really looked back since. Um, I really sort of thought maybe it'd take company a bit of time, almost like what Daniel Farker kind of inherited at Norwich, where you maybe had that chop and change of playing squad. He sort of got a different philosophy that maybe hasn't really been seen at the club before. And, and I felt that might take time, but only it seems like your your squad have, have grasped it straight away. And, and yeah, every game I've ever watched you on Sky, you look like a, a really solid team and you're really hard to beat but also got that ability to score goals and I think the additions you've added in January as well is only going to only going to strengthen you in terms of those sort of striker areas because that's probably been the area that I've felt that maybe you've sort of had a lot of goals from sort of wide players or midfield but maybe not a, a number one striker who's who's going to score goals kind of in the same way that, that Pookie does for us where he's just a, an out-and-out yeah. goal scorer where it feels like that Foster or Obafemi could potentially be the kind of player that can catapult some goals for you and probably see you over the line so yeah, as a general rule of thumb, being, being very impressed. I thought Norwich on the reverse fixture were very, very poor against you guys. But a lot of that was also down to just how good you were that evening. So on the whole, yeah, I think as someone looking in from the outside, I mean, Burnley are definitely going to be promoted at the end of the season. I'll be intrigued to see what you do in the Premier League. I think, you know, under mm-hmm. Dice, you kind of had that sort of, well, not necessarily negative football, but it just worked in terms of staying, you know, staying in the league. And you had that one really good season, but um, just kept you up. And I'm interested to see what, what company's going to do because... I mean, it's sort of comparing it back to Norwich, Daniel Farker's attacking style, he just went, that's what we're going to play in the Premier League and, and obviously yeah. it really failed for us. We got absolutely ripped to shreds every single week. So I'm intrigued to see that whether it's going to work in the Premier League for you guys, but certainly, you know, even if you came back down, you'd be in a, a very strong position then to, under company to, to kick on as long as he's he's not poached by, uh, by another club. Yeah, I think that's a worry at the minute, isn't it, with company? Um, I think it could quite easily be poached within the next 18 months, but we'll see. I'm also a little bit concerned about this style of play in the Premier League, but um, I've never really thought too much about that just now. I'm just, just enjoying the ride because, um, like you said, yourselves have done it. I think Blackpool did it quite a while ago um, and it doesn't always work. But 
a lot of Burnley fans are sort of like confident for next season as well. So sort of like talking about how high we're up we're going to finish. And I'm like, let's just calm down. Let's just calm down. Um, let's look ahead to this particular game. Then obviously I'm expecting goals. You've turned a corner. We score goals quite free flowing as well. Um, but we are still missing Taylor Harewood Bellis and Jack Cork is still suspended as well. I think that's massive. I think them, them, them two have been like our standout players this season. Jack Cork's always been a, a great player. He's kind of like the glue that holds the midfield together. And Taylor Harewood Bellis has probably been the, the best of the central defenders, well, the best of the entire back line for me. Um, so it's massive that we're missing them too. I think with them too, I think we have a, have a very good chance of winning. Um, but without them, and with the form that you've hit, I'm not going to predict us to get beat because of the form that we're in, but I, I'm thinking goals, but I'm thinking a draw. I'm thinking 2-2 for this game. What are you thinking? Yeah, I saw had a few discussions with various people this week and there's probably a bit of a mixed feeling. It feels like this is a big game for us. This is our sort of first mm. opportunity to, to really make a statement win. So you guys, it feels like you're probably due a, win, uh, due a defeat probably at some point um, in yeah. the season. Um, I am still here. Sorry, the camera does this. I'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably feels like you're probably due a defeat at some point fairly soon. So there's no reason. I think particularly it's it's Wagner's first championship game at Carrow Road, and there's going to be a real excitement uh, building in monkey sort of in the stadium. We kind of felt yeah. it a little bit with the Blackburn game, but obviously it's an FA Cup game. It was it was a lot more empty. Where twelve thirty game on Sky, sort of the big boys coming down in terms of the championship. But that that feels like it's all set up for for Norwich to really kick on and, and prove a point where where they're going to be towards the end of the season. And if they can get three points, then I think a lot of fans would feel that probably that the playoffs is then a really sort of good sort of probability for us to try and get in there because we've got some sort of easier fixtures looking like um, coming up after that in terms of positions. There's got teams like Cardiff and, and teams at the bottom. So it feels mm -hmm. like that's opportunities to sort of keep the momentum ticking over. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards the draw, but... Um, I've got a feeling that Norwich might just do this one. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Norwich. And I think you guys will will definitely score because we're, we're a bit leaky at different points in the defence. Um, even the Coventry game, we went 3-0 up within 20 minutes and conceded two goals within seven minutes straight after and made it pretty difficult for ourselves. But certainly we've got the ability in the forward areas and I think the likes of well, Grant Hanley's going to be up for it as well, a, a former obviously Blackburn player and, and certainly going to be up for it in terms of against you guys. So um, I think he'll be putting Yeah, in especially after giving that penalty early in, earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be up for it. So yeah, I think 2-1 Norwich. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to the game. I think, you know, if you'd have said to me a few weeks back, if this game was under Dean Smith, then I'd be absolutely dreading it where now I'm actually looking forward to it with, with a bit of excitement, which is, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, th I think that is uh, sort of like I said, my concern. You guys are all up for it now. Um, there's a different sort of vibe around Carroll Road. Um, this is that. This is the thing that the Watford, not the Watford fan, sorry, the West Brom fan was saying to us as well. Um, it, it, it was and, and Coventry as well because they've just been took over by Doug King as well, so they, they were quite confident coming here. Um, but I, I just think you guys are scoring a lot more than them two were. Um, so I am a little bit worried about that. Uh, like I said, with Harewood Bellis and Cork, I think it's different. Um, but uh, we've put ourselves in a brilliant position where we can now get beat and, and probably just only be 15 points clear of third, which, you know, um, is more than enough. Um, well, that, that it's a good job that that's time to wrap everything up, isn't it? Because my camera seems to be having a bit of a meltdown as well. So apologies if you are watching on YouTube. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't notice a thing other than hearing a bit of panic in my voice. But Adam, uh, I do like to let people know um, where the, everyone can find you and stuff like that. So do you want to give a shout out to all your socials and stuff like that and any content that you create where they can find it? 
Yeah, so I'm part of the Pinken team, which is a sort of the local newspaper in Norwich. Uh, there's four of us, and we do a lot of stuff digitally as well. We've got a YouTube channel. You can find us on, on the Pinken YouTube channel. We do a lot of sort of preview content, um, speak to opposition fans. We also speak to the managers. So we've got David Wagner's press conference coming up this afternoon. For, for anybody interested in, in our team news ahead of this one or any thoughts on Burnley, then, then that's certainly the place to go later on this evening. Um, we're also pinking on YouTube, uh, sorry, pinking on YouTube, pinking on Twitter, pinking on Facebook, pinking on Instagram, uh, or you can find me personally uh, on Twitter as well. I'm at Adam underscore half 19. So that's probably the best places to go. Also got a podcast as well. So I'll plug that one. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, mate. I appreciate that. And thanks for coming on. Um, and like you said, obviously, if you want to get over to, to the socials that Adam's just mentioned, just head over to the Pinkin and we will be doing some stuff on there in just a few minutes as well. And obviously, we'll be able to catch uh, Wagner's press conference. But thank you for going on, mate. It's been a pleasure. And we'll potentially see you next season. Let's hope so. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.